the podcast on the mount where we talk about Jesus, discipleship, and community. Let's go! Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast on the mount where we talk about Jesus, discipleship, and community. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with my co host, Adam. And this evening, we would like to talk about something we find quite interesting. Um, this is about the Lord's Prayer. And um, the discussion will be about the significance of the Lord's Prayer. Why do we want to talk about the Lord's Prayer? Well, yeah. in many ways, many we believe that many Christians tend to look at the Lord's Prayer as a model prayer. A prayer that they can, you know look to and then try to uh, use to form other other forms of prayer but we but they don't look at it as a prayer that needs to be prayed on its own that needs to be said on its own as 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 a prayer so um together with adam we shall look at this and try to see the significance of the lord's prayer and um yeah so adam can you tell us a little bit about the Lord's Prayer? What is the Lord's Prayer? Yeah, the Lord's Prayer is um, a prayer that um, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We see it recorded in two different places. Um, and just in case you hear uh, a little boy uh, <laughs> crying or whatever, <laughs> that's uh, Jonathan's little son uh, disturbing us all over the place. But yeah, you get the gist. We are at home and, and recording this. So. Yeah. It's all part of the fun. He's noisy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, we see the um, the Lord's Prayer recorded in two different places. And uh, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 5 all the way to chapter 8 verse 1. But uh, this is, in the, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, it's recorded in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. And it's also recorded again in Luke 11. As um, two to uh, uh, downwards. Mm. Now, Luke's record is interesting, and uh, uh, I think we should pay a bit more attention to Luke's record. Um, and you know, as we've talked about, uh, sometimes the same story is being recorded twice in the Bible before. This is because Jesus sometimes repeats himself and repeats the same instructions uh, at a different time. But in the Luke one, what he, what happened is that. The disciples come to Jesus Christ and ask him to teach them a prayer, just as John the Baptist had taught his disciples to pray. Mm-hmm. Now, this should then give us a hint that if the disciples knew that John the Baptist has taught uh, his, his disciples to pray a particular prayer, it meant that this was a pray- prayer that John's disciples recited often. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that could then point us to the fact that Jesus is also giving them uh, more or less the same kind of prayer, a prayer that they should pray often. Mm. And this is also not surprising. If you look in the, at the time of Jesus Christ, fixed prayers were normal prayer, normal uh, in the first century, uh, 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 century Judaism. Fixed prayers were very normal. Recited prayers were very normal. There were quite a bunch of them, at least uh, one like the Shema, one like the Avot. These are two prayers that are prayed on a regular basis. Mm. Yeah. So it's not surprising that uh, Jesus would teach his disciples a prayer just as John taught his disciples a prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and by doing it this way, he's actually telling them 
not just that oh take this as uh, uh, as a model by which you should pray but actually take this as a prayer that you should pray regularly mm. um again yeah, so some scholars actually say that um, Matthew chapter 11 uh, sorry Luke chapter 11 should be especially verse 2 should be translated as whenever you pray recite these words um this is mainly because of the context we are looking at. The context is that the people of Israel are used to regular fixed prayers. It is not surprising for them to ask a, a messiah or a rabbi to teach them a fixed prayer mm. and that they should say and recite on a regular basis. Of course, having a fixed prayer doesn't prevent you from learning from it to create other prayers. But uh, if we are being contextually correct, uh, contextually sincere, Jesus is actually teaching them a prayer that they should recite on a regular basis. Okay. And um, how is this? How is this still important? How is this still useful to the church today? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, we we can look at it as um, it, as a recited prayer. It's meant to be a prayer that, of course, we pray as we meet together as Christians mm. in the community, and also as we ourselves as individuals. Uh, you know, when in our own private times we can pray. Um, but more importantly, one of the key reasons why recited prayers are important is because it shapes our thinking to all think about the same, um, to to have the uh, to have a unity of mind uh, with regards to our prayers. To have a unity of mind for the purposes of God. Um, it's it's not. I mean, in Ghana, we ha- we have a, a what do you call it, the national anthem. We, we are we are taught the national anthem as, as when we are in primary school. We are taught um, the pledge as pledge. well, yeah, yeah. and and at important national events, we sing it or we recite the the, the pledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could say yeah, that is not important, but it's it's a means of uh, reminding us of who we are and what we. Um, what we stand for, what are we as citizens of Ghana, our responsibilities are, and so on. It's, it's a means to get us to appreciate our nation more, and so on. So it it forms our mind communally, okay. and on an individual basis also. Uh, we can also pray it as well. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it even contains stuff pertinent to our own personal uh, needs how, as well. How how do we? Because I'm also I'm I'm looking at some of the other things that Jesus did with his disciples, just just the just the select disciples. Mm. This seems to be one of them, the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Then there's also the Last Supper, mm-hmm. and these seem to be things that you know we um, what we are trying. What it seems what we are saying here is that this for the church is something that the church should do often. Yes, similar to the way the Last Supper is exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, just as we do the Last Supper reg- on a regular basis, mm-hmm. just as we have a baptism when we have a new people coming into the faith, um, doing these things uh, are, are, are important for us. They are important to shape us to think and, 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 and keep God in our focus. And so most churches, uh, most well-meaning and serious churches actually take the Lord's Supper quite seriously and do it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you, you could say on a monthly basis or whatever, but at least they haven't abandoned that. So if that is the case, why not the Lord's Prayer? Okay. Why, why, why can't, why uh, can't we see the same value 
of uh, when we look at the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. Okay. Right. And in uh, lastly, also like I said, it the pattern of recited prayers is not new. It existed before Jesus Christ in the Shema and so on. Um, in fact, let me read. Um, um, let me do a quick read of the Shema uh, for you. Uh, I'm going to skip the Jewish uh, part. I'll just read the, the English. It says, Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's the first line. Second line. Blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. Mm-hmm. The third line, it says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Mm. Right? And then he continues on and on. The Shema is derived from multiple places in the Old Testament, but this first part is from Deuteronomy 6, 49. Okay. So you can see, um, I mean, when Jesus was asked, what is the most important command? He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Mm-hmm. So these are ways in which we are putting scripture and and very key scriptural things into prayer so that people learn to keep it in mind okay. so it's it's not it's not out of place uh to have recited or regular fixed prayers that people then share uh, uh, across the whole christian landscape not just i mean on an individual basis mm. so if you so the reason we are talking about this is because we come to see a trend in the Lord's Prayer being um, being a model prayer mm-hmm. on which we we say other prayers on which we you know we we put together other or other even totally ignored probably even totally <laughs> ignored but really where did where did this start from what's what's how you know I mean there had to be a beginning there had to be. I believe that if if Jesus Christ taught his disciples, then at least for some time, for mm-hmm. some years, they were seeing the Lord's Prayer, and mm-hmm. it was the main prayer they they said all the time mm-hmm. whenever they met. Mm-hmm. So, how did this change? How did it well, now stray from being the main prayer to becoming a model prayer? Um, well, um, so if you look at its usage in the history of the church, I think. It's been used right from the start, right from the day one. The early church um, had always taken the Lord's Prayer very seriously. Um, in fact, if you, I think one of the things with being, um, being growing up in a particular Christian tradition is that you know, you don't realize that there are other kinds of Christians, and you many people have a tendency not to learn from other kinds of Christians. But I mean, I. Um, uh, being someone who reads sometimes even reads the Catholic versions of the Bible, you see certain things which uh, are missing uh, from from say a Protestant version of the Bible. For example, if you actually um, uh, on my on my on, uh, on my Android phone, I have an app called U Version. U Version allows you to download multiple versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you read a, a Catholic Common Version, um, you find that Acts chapter two verse forty two. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now this, this is, is NIV. Version. This is Bible. NIV. Okay. okay. Now NIV is a Protestant uh, Bible translation. If you look at um, the Catholic version, it says uh, to, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Mm-hmm. To the prayers. Okay. Um. Uh, if you look at a version like Kingdom New Testament, which is uh, one of the translations from NT Wright, it does the same thing. 
and it says and to the prayers um so and actually if you look at uh, it in the greek uh, uh, original uh, greek uh, you find that it actually is there is the the there which should make it the prayers not just into prayer so which means then that they prayed a certain you know fixed uh, list of prayers i mean that that is the, the, the intention and if you look at for example the didache didache was um, um a, a, one of the books that didn't make it into the bible but it was it came after the first century basically that's the reason why they didn't add it but didache uh, uh, requires that any new person who is uh, become any person who becomes a new convert must be taught every, i mean the sermon on the mount mm-hmm. and the sermon on the mount includes the lord's prayer yeah. so it became a standard teaching that you were taught the sermon on the mount as part of your um what you call catechumen uh if you are if you are a new convert you are called catechumen and that's why some certain churches have the post of catechist a catechist is somebody who teaches and prepares young converts for you know the baptism or okay. in certain places confirmation or whatever and so on. Mm. So um, you can see that. Um, but in which time frame was this? This is so. This is from uh, the first century all the way down, even during the um, the Reformation and afterwards. It was still said in most churches, uh, but. Mm. It seems that from the nineteenth century downwards, um, that uh, the attitude of praying the Lord's prayer as a regular recited prayer in church and as well as on an individual basis somehow disappeared. Hmm. Yeah, okay. and the question is why? Why? How? Yes, why is it that in the nineteenth and the twentieth century it disappeared? Um, historians have basically traced this to um, the move away from seeing the Lord's Prayer as uh, a prayer that should be recited on a regular basis to uh, a prayer that is a model prayer. When we say a model, basically the idea is that oh, Jesus was teaching people how to pray so that when they are praying they should Make sure they incorporate these elements mm-hmm. into their prayer. Okay. So Jesus was teaching how to pray, mm-hmm. not what to pray. Not what to pray. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This began, um, you know, the Protestant Reformation. Uh, one of the uh, it started with, you know, it it was very critical of things that it thought were r- root or automatic. Uh, or ritualistic okay. <laughs> uh, things, mm-hmm. so it, it had a tendency to dismiss the Lord's Prayer as one of those ritualistic things. We just say and we don't mean it. I mean, of course, uh, maybe part of it is because they didn't understand. They 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 um, they do a reacting against something. They were reacting against people just yeah saying things and not meaning it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we need to be true to the context of the Bible and how uh, what Jesus actually meant when he said so but then do whatever corrections need to be corrected not simply throw things out of the window mm-hmm. but, but, so, but one of the interesting things that comes to mind is that if you know like you mentioned the, they were critical about certain things that seemed ritualistic mm-hmm. but then why didn't they also decide that then we shall not have the you know the last supper anymore no exactly you know, you know what what, so what became the, one of the questions is what is the criteria things. for determining that 
the Lord's Prayer is ritualistic, but uh, the the <laughs> The, the what do you call it Lord's Supper mm-hmm. is not ritualistic you know it's um, I think it's a bit arbitrary mm. uh, that they did that but even then they still maintain it's I mean most most Protestant churches still pray the Lord's Prayer on a regular basis okay. um, however I think the, the so once you moved it to a model prayer where people could look at it as a pattern for creating your own prayers then we had the final nail on the coffin, which was the revivalism of the 19th and 20th centuries, where people were, you know, um, uh, focused so much on a personal relationship with God. Ah, okay. So that then if you are saying prayers that everybody said, then it sort of... It's not personal. Yes, it, it wasn't personal, you know. Mm. Yeah, you, you, you need to personalize your relationship with God and personalize your communication with God. So we, we moved from a place where it was a simple model prayer, <laughs> at least in the Protestant uh, ages, to the revivalist ages where they said, well, everybody needs to own their own relationship with God. And if you keep saying repeated, recited prayers, then uh, yeah, your your faith wasn't you know really genuine. Your relationship with God was not really, you know, you need to talk to him like your daddy, you know, sit down and have a conversation with him. Of course, this then made us lose sight of the, the totally lose sight of the the, the 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 spiritual formation, which uh, and the community forming uh, benefits which fixed prayers like the Lord's Prayer had. So, and I mean, basically, we are still living in that age. So you find, uh, especially in uh, evangelical circles, evangelical circles. Um, it's 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 almost uh, unheard of <laughs> to go to an evangelical church and hear people pray the Lord's prayer. Mm. Maybe people might pray it on their individual basis, but when people are gathered, it's it's almost uh, it's a relic to see something like that happen. This uh, this this for me begs a question. So if for if if for some Christians. Um, or for for some yes for some Christians they 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 thought of the Lord's prayer as being um, ritualistic because of the repetitive nature and always saying it, and they decided that they would, inst- we decided that we would instead um, make it a model prayer on which we can have other prayers on. Is this wrong in in its own? Is this is this really something wrong? No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, viewing it uh, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the I, I think primarily people first and foremost need to understand the Lord's Prayer for what it is, um, and 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 look uh, and understand what Jesus Christ was trying to teach his disciples in those individual lines. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and so on. Understand it properly. Um, because when we understand it, uh, them the way Jesus Christ uh, intended his disciples to, then it can actually form uh, very very good groundings to create our own prayers, but be solidly based, just like I mean Jesus Christ himself taught his disciples to. But um, the 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 problem has been that not only have many people. Uh, uh, totally uh, looked at it as not a prayer to be recited on its own, but it's gone to a point where 
even as a model prayer is not uh, being used in a lot of our churches. In a lot of our churches, it's totally ignored. So that it is not even serving as uh, a prayer from which we are learning how to pray on our own. It's it's basically not on the radar. Mm. And, and, you know, maybe children are are the ones who learn to say it so that they can repeat it. So the point is, I'm, I, we don't, I don't have a problem with it being both something we recite on a regular basis, especially when we gather together. Mm-hmm. Saying something that is fixed, that is shared, and that we all know, and saying it together is, 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 is an important builder of community. Okay. It's an important builder of our own spiritual growth. And so, if it, that for me... Keeping it as a, a recited prayer is important. Using it also as a means to learn how to pray other prayers is also beneficial and it's important. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's not lose the two uh, and simply say, oh, Jesus didn't, wasn't trying to get his disciples to pray it regularly. I think that is uh, not paying attention to the context. Uh, probably the, the most difficult part of it is that for most people, it's not even on the radar anyway, whether as a model or... Uh, as a recited prayer and that that is probably where we need to do a lot more work in okay. i mean um so if you can say why should we still pray why should we still pray well jesus says we should pray you know part of the problem is that for certain protestant bibles they actually put the heading the model prayer you know bibles some some bibles have headings mm-hmm. on sections okay? So, by the fact that you have intentionally put your own interpretation or your own spin on the biblical text, you are already teaching people uh, a certain attitude towards that prayer. Mm. Okay. And it shouldn't be there. It sh- this, is, this is our own interpretation, our own modernist interpretation, because we, are, uh, we want everything to be personal relationship with God. But the Bible wasn't written with chapters, verses, and, head- uh, verses and headings. It was written plain and simple. So, um, if we take it, uh, Lord's Prayer, as it should be taken, then one, yes, because Jesus says we should pray it. Two, because it, it is a unifying prayer where you and uh, a Christian, for a Coptic Christian, let's say from Egypt, or uh, uh, an Orthodox Tawahedo Christian from Ethiopia, or Eastern Orthodox Christian from Russia, or, uh, 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 you know, your uh, fellow Christian, uh, Roman Catholic uh, Christian, you are able to actually sit and pray together because the body of Christ is beyond me, myself, and I. The body of Christ is a large, uh, universal body that includes all shades and kinds of people. So, Im- I mean, imagine the whole world singing only one anthem every day. You know, just, just that, that's the idea that the, the Lord's Prayer communicates. Mm. Uh, too, because it is both a recital and a model prayer. Number three, its contents keep the kingdom of God in our mind. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't have the time to go into each of the individual lines in that text and exegete it. But the point is, Jesus is trying to keep certain things on our minds as we go about being Christians. Um, also because of the lessons it teaches uh, lastly you could say it does it does deal with our personal needs as well I mean we say um, give us this day our, our, our daily bread 
and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and leave us no temptation but deliver us from us these are lessons that uh, we not just we communicating with God but lessons that we should also imbibe as part of ourselves I mean and in the Matthew verse Jesus actually says just as you have uh, forgiven others you will also be forgiven so question is how much forgiveness are we learning uh, if the Lord, if the prayer a prayer we pray regularly uh, encourages us to uh, to to forgive, then you know the Lord's prayer can be a, a means of lessons a lot for us. So I mean these are reasons why um, it is important for the Christian body to recover uh, the attitude of praying the Lord's prayer itself, and of course using as a model prayer. That's fine. But uh, let's not lose sight of why Jesus gave it to us. And let's not be insistent on, on our personal right to pray to God in our individual relationship and whatever and so on. And lose sight of the bigger picture of Jesus and his kingdom, which he has called us into. It's a calling into so that we participate in that kingdom. That's, I mean, my thoughts on the subject. Hmm. Okay. Well... It's been an interesting discussion, I, I believe. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. Okay, this brings us to the end of our podcast for today. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Edemoni. Yeah, you're welcome. And, I uh, guess, I mean, we could have gone into yes. line by line to each of the lines in the prayer. Maybe and, we could uh, do that yeah, another but, time. Yeah, we could do that as another podcast itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just, I just, we, uh, I guess this one was just to place the subject on people's minds. Uh, question of why do we why do we feel shy to pray the Lord? I, mean, yeah, I think people feel shy to pray the Lord's prayer these days. It's almost like probably not you know. shyness. I mean I look at it, it's more like people feel that they they, they need to say a prayer to God and it must be a prayer from them. It must be something that it's pertaining to them from their mm-hmm. hearts with something that's happening to them. So to say the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. um it, it, it just doesn't sound personal enough. Okay. And so it's uh, well, it's a bit more about the personalization, yeah, I guess, as compared to shyness, to say. But uh, yeah, anyway. I mean, that that and that is a testimony to how individualistic our mm-hmm. Christianity has become. So that we are incapable of thinking beyond ourselves mm-hmm. when we are when we are reading scripture. To extend that we read that individualism into scripture and then put blocks on scripture and say well even though scripture says this I must do it this way um, it's affecting how we read the bible it's affecting how we practice Christianity it's affecting our unity as Christians so well okay listeners um, we would like to hear from you as much as possible I mean this has been an uh, interesting discussion if you have any comments any uh, suggestions any questions you have Please um, go onto our Twitter page, go onto our Facebook page, um, comment on SoundCloud, comment wherever. <laughs> we have all these links available. Yeah. Um, so if you look beneath the podcast, you should see the links available, and you can go there and um, share your mind, share your views. Um, so thank you once again. And thank you to Little Zander for all the commentary he's and the noise he's been making <laughs> in the background. Yeah, we love him anyway. Yes. Okay, and have a good night. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Podcast on the Mount. 
can ask a question, make a comment, or just reach out to us on our Facebook page, Podcast on the Mount, and on Twitter at Podcast on the MNT. Goodbye.